You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. And while you're there, download the Sound of Heaven mobile app. There's a digital Bible on there that you can keep in your pocket, but also all of our teachings and a great online community to stay in contact with. And if you are listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. Don't want you to miss anything as we continue our daily studies. We are in Matthew chapter 19, came out of a few great teachings around strong marriages and the concept of divorce and loving children properly, right? Jesus shows us that the heart of the Father is to care for those who don't always, uh, cannot always care for themselves. And we also see the disciples stumbling a bit uh, in their application of the proper love, which they do really throughout all of Jesus's earthly ministry. And uh, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, we all have a little bit of work to do. They walked with Jesus every day, saw his example firsthand, and they struggled in some areas, right? They go to rebuke the child, and Jesus is like, the kingdom of heaven is as such as these. So, Knock it off, so to speak. Well, now we are going to study a an encounter between Jesus and a man. A lot of us know this one, or have heard this one. It's, uh, it's the account of the rich young ruler, and we find it in three out of four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We know from all three that this person was rich, uh, but if we learn from Matthew that he was young, and we learn from Luke that he was a ruler. So this is a young, prominent man who has uh, all the things probably earthly that people would want, uh, but he comes to Jesus asking an important question because he feels like something is just missing. And let's go ahead and get started. Verse 16, we're in Matthew chapter 19, 16 through 21 today. It says, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Verse 17, Jesus said, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you want to enter into eternal life or you want to enter life, keep the commandments. So let's point out right off the bat here, this man comes up to Jesus and he says, what good thing can I do? He says, why are you asking me about what is good? There's only one that is good. And what Jesus is pointing out here is that by acknowledging him as good, acknowledging him as knowing what is good, he at the very least was acknowledging Jesus' closeness to God, but also acknowledging the godliness of Jesus himself, the deity of Christ. And he challenges him, and he says, well, if you want to enter life, you got to keep the commandments. And what the rich young ruler is displaying here is something that all of us, in some degree, struggle with, and that, that is the concept of earning eternal life. What can we do to earn it? And if you study for any amount of time, you realize that salvation, that eternal life, is a gift. And a gift cannot 
be earned. But Jesus keeps up with him here, and he says, you want to enter into life? Keep the commandments. And of course, just like many of us, which ones, he inquired. This is verse 18. We always want to know what's the minimum we can do to move forward, right? That's like a flawed human condition, right? What is the bare minimum I can do to get in? So in other words, which, you know, which commandment should I keep? Now, there are 10 original commandments, but of course, at this time, uh, the religious leaders have, you know, built out over 300. But Jesus goes right back and he says, all right, well, let me give you a few. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your mother and father and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus points out all the things that we should do unto others, right? And the rich young ruler responds, and he says, all of these I have kept. What do I still lack? All of these that I, I have kept, what do I still lack? Notice here, he's asking, what good thing can I do? What magic, what magic task, what noble deed can I do, again, to earn eternal life? The problem is, and, and Jesus goes right into it, hey, you, you want to do this? Keep the commandments. By the rich young ruler's standards, it's a matter of keeping the law. To be saved by doing. Unfortunately, the way the law works, it's all or nothing. If you break one, one time, you break them all. So salvation by the law is impossible. And even though this rich young man says, I've kept all of these things, we look back at the Sermon on the Mount and the standard that was set there, which many things were contrary to what they had originally taught. Remember, Jesus said over and over again, I know you've been told, right, love your neighbor, but also love your enemy. There were many things that Jesus came to shift and correct. And when it, what I want to point out here as well, the rich young ruler says, well, yeah, I haven't murdered, okay? I haven't committed adultery. I haven't stolen. I haven't given false testimony. Uh, you know, I've, I've done these things. And I want to point out here too that it's all about relationship. We say that as like a Christian cliche, cliche excuse me. It's not a religion, it's a relationship. Okay, well, that is absolutely true. But I want to look at this through the context of a relationship because right now the rich young ruler is thinking, well, I've abstained from these type of sins, so I must be right. And abstaining from sin or not doing something wrong is not the same as having a relationship, right? I hope I'm going to give an example and I think it'll make more sense. I'm married, right? I'm married now. 15 years is going to be 16 years in a couple months. If I go through my marriage believing that I'm a good husband because I don't cheat on my wife, if 
I don't cheat on my wife, if I make sure that the bills are paid, if I, you know, care for the home, but I never tell my wife that I love her. I don't communicate with her. Do you see what I'm saying here? Abstaining from sin is not having a relationship with God. It's just you not sinning. But being able to come to God and communicate with him and to lay our heart bare and to be honest, just show our cards and expose our imperfections. That's where I see marriage is the strongest. It's where people can be vulnerable with one another. People deeply desire to know the other one. If I just went home and had no interest in knowing my wife as a person and knowing her intimately, then am I, do I really have a relationship with her? If I never tell her I love you, love her, and when she's upset with me, and now I say, well, what are you talking about? I, you know, I provide for the family. It's not enough. You can't not sin enough to be right with God. God wants you just as you are, and he wants you to help you to work out some of the imperfections in your life, but he wants a relationship with you. He wants communication with you. Amen? So the rich young ruler is stuck in the place where a lot of us are, and we think we can earn our way into God's good graces. True love is not about earning. True love is not about self. Let's keep going here. So, there we go. There's my slide. So Jesus replies, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false testimony, honor your mother and father, love your neighbor as yourself. He says, I've kept all this. What do I still lack? So the rich young ruler hears all these commandments. He says, I've done all these things. What do I still lack? I want you to notice something here. He had all the things that he probably thought he wanted, needed, desired physically. He had the money. He had the wealth. He had the power. But there was something that was still lacking inside of him. And this is very Solomon-esque, right? We see in Ecclesiastes, Solomon, who had everything, comes to the understanding, I could have everything, but without God, I have nothing. And this is what the rich young ruler is starting to discover. He's got all these things, but he feels that something is lacking on the inside. And Jesus then gives him a game plan to go forward. He says, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. So Jesus goes to the rich young ruler. He says, you want to be perfect? Sell your possessions. Follow me. Sell your possessions. Now, it's important to note, God doesn't want everybody to sell their possessions, nor does he want us to be physically poor. Okay? But what was exposed here 
was the stumbling block. We talked about stumbling blocks the other day. The stumbling block in the rich young ruler's life, and that stumbling block was his wealth. What was the thing that was tripping him up to following Jesus? It was his wealth. And we see from the parable of the sower, right? Worries about wealth, worries about what we have and we what we don't have are like seed cast among thorns, right? It chokes us out. Jesus himself tells the men who are just looking for bread a couple chapters ago, says stop working for food that spoils. And that's what we get so unfulfilled in our hearts about is because we cling to things that are temporary. And what happens is we know it deep in our heart that that thing that we think identifies us, that house, that car, that possession, you name it, whatever it is, we know it's not enough. We know it's not going to bring us to happiness and we can pretend like it does for a while, but we see people in Hollywood that have everything, but they really have nothing because everything that they have is eventually going to be turned to dust. And that's what we see here. Jesus says, sell your possessions and follow me. We found the very thing that was holding him back. And here's the thing. The rich young ruler had everything that he needed. But did he have the money or did the money have him? That's what is exposed here. The rich young ruler didn't have the money. He didn't have the possessions. The money and the possessions had him. And you could look at anything in life. And that's a test. If God called you tomorrow to walk away from that thing and to follow him for his will and his calling, would you be able to do it? And if not, that thing has you. Or if you have something in your life that is destructive, for those of us who have dealt with addiction, you know it's crossed the line when you can't stop doing it. When destructive things in your life are happening and you allow it to continue, right? You tolerate the negative impact because you are not having that thing anymore. That thing is having you. And too many families are lost to this type of stuff. Amen? So Jesus challenges the rich young ruler and says, you want to be perfect? Sell your possessions and follow me. And I want to point out something here. This is not just a, hey, sell your possessions. Jesus said, follow me. And anytime he said, follow me, he's calling someone into discipleship. He's calling this man into discipleship. This man had an opportunity to be among, I believe, among the 12. It would be a disciple of Christ. Now, it's also important to note that if, if he came back, Jesus welcomes him with open arms. Okay? 
He missed an opportunity here. We don't know what happened with the rich young ruler. It's possible if you look at maybe church tradition, there's some stories out there. I don't like to hang my hat on that stuff. I don't know if it exists, but you know, sometimes there'll be church tradition, and, and that's fine. But I stick to what's in Scripture, right? What we learn in Scripture is that this rich young man that had everything that the world would have wanted— he walks. And when he finds out that to be a true disciple, you got to be willing to set aside the things that you are placing before God. And even though he feels unfulfilled inside, he's afraid to get rid of his possessions, and he walks, and he walks away sad. And Jesus lets the rich young ruler walk. Now, why did he do that? Did he not love him? not love him. Jesus called him to be a disciple. But Jesus doesn't take hostages. God doesn't take hostages. Part of the power and authority that we have on this earth is that we are able to make our own decisions. And I know there's a lot of skeptics out there that would say, well, you know, I don't like the fact that, you know, it's come with me or else. It's, if, if you are looking at this through the lens of come with me or else, you're looking at it the wrong way. I want you to imagine, God forbid, your house was on fire. And there's one room and one window to safety. Every other place leaves, leads to some element of destruction. Would you hem and haw and say, I can't believe there's only one way out of here? No. You'd be grateful that there's a way out of the destruction. That's how we should look at Jesus. Not come with me or else. But there are many paths that seem right, but what? They lead to destruction. It says that in Proverbs. This is not come with me or else. This is God saying, I love you so much that I made a way. And unfortunately, when we don't take that for what it is, it's like us telling God, well, your way isn't good enough. I want my own way. And the crazy thing is, is that you and I can take our own way. That's fine. But we're going to suffer loss. We're going to suffer delay. I don't know about you, but my way has rarely worked. But whenever I turn back to God and I say, God, what do you want me to do? Or whenever I say, you know what? My relationship with this thing, whatever it is, money, alcohol, d desiring certain possessions, attaching my self-worth to things. When I say, you know what? I'm going to set this aside. I want to pursue God. God never has disappointed me once in my life, and I'm 19 years in now. Never disappointed me. What God has had for me has always been better than anything I could ever create for myself. So that's what I want us to take out of this story here. Right? That this rich young ruler, he fe felt unfulfilled, as many of us do. You feel unfulfilled today? I guarantee you there is a very good chance that there's something in your life that you're placing before God.
that there's something that you are clinging to that you know has a temporary value. And God wants you to take this next season of your life and say, you know what? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my trust in you. And Scripture tells us that if you seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, everything else gets added to your life. I love that word added because a lot of us work so hard for food that spoils. But God, Jesus, is the living bread. We're never hungry, we're never thirsty with him. Tell him today that his way is good enough. Stop being so unfulfilled in your life. How to do it is to trust in him and realize that he's not just placing hostage demands, come with me or else. He made a way for you. He made a way for me. He made a way for the rich young ruler and the rich young ruler turned it down. I don't know about you, but I hope that the rich young ruler eventually came back. Just know that the rich young ruler could come back. Just like you can come back. But you could wait another day and delay. Or you can say, no, today's the day where I let go of everything else. And I let God be the number one in my life. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you that you have made a way for us. Father, if there's anything that's holding us back, if there's any stumbling blocks, just like the wealth was to this rich young ruler, that we put more stock in than we do you, help that to be exposed. And give us the boldness and the courage to be able to set that aside. Because we know if we seek you first, everything else gets added to our life. So today we answer that call to discipleship. Jesus is talking to you today and saying, follow me from this point on. And Proverbs 3 tells us, if you trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and acknowledge him in all your ways, he will make your path straight. Amen. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church, Deer Park, New York. Check us out, S-O-H. Church, You're listening to The 1% Christian. A hundred starts with one. We're going to continue with Matthew chapter 19 tomorrow. Love you guys.